welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're celebrating our 150th episode of the podcast. Tonight, we'll discuss how family and board gaming often go together. Joining me for this milestone is our producer, Mike Bruner, and his brother, Randall, and my brother, Adam. Gentlemen, welcome to the binge. How you doing? Super Don't great. all talk at once. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, like, no, I know I... for a fact that none of you guys are quiet people. So let's just, uh, I know we don't want to talk over top of each other, but it's, uh, I, I, I got to tell you, this is just awesome. Uh, let me start off with Mike. Uh, Mike, 150 episodes, man. Like I had, if you go back to when we started this podcast, I guess almost two years ago now, I think at that time I, I was thinking in my head, if I ever got to hundred episodes, that'd be pretty huge. But, you know, at 150 already, and like, for me, I feel like we're not even kind of halfway into it, right? Like, I feel like we've got a lot of runway still to go. Yeah, it was, you know, when I first volunteered to get you a couple guests, it was, you know, just something. And here we are, 150 in, and it's amazing how many new creators we come across. And there's always new content to be made. Um, so it's, it's a fun process to watch and to be a part of. Yeah, no doubt. I would say that, uh, you know, thankfully we connected quite frankly, uh, cause you had a very wide network, um, way wider than I could have possibly imagined. And, uh, it was very gracious of you to agree to, to help the podcast because I don't think we'd be where we are today with the caliber of guests we've had, uh, if you hadn't been part of that journey. So I want to thank you for that. Quite frankly, uh, it's been cool with all the people we've met, right. We've made a lot of friends in the industry already. I can see Eric first in already in our, uh, our chat area there. Hi, Eric. Good to, to see you joining us. Uh, you know, wishing us uh, congratulations on 150 as one of our prior guests. Uh, it's just been so awesome. And this is why we wanted to take this episode and make this an episode about family. Uh, I think, you know, in the, in the past, we've taken our kind of 50 episode milestones and use it as a way to reflect on, you know, the prior episodes and talk about some of the content from those episodes and so forth. But you and I are, have one thing that's uh, other than board games in common is that we're, we're both, you know, part of families and we've got siblings and, and the fact that we are actually co-making games uh, with our siblings, it's kind of ironic, right? The two of us on the same podcast are, are doing that. So that's why I invited Adam and Randall to come on and, and really kind of get into our collective histories of gaming with our families and how that's kind of guided us over the years. And even talk about some of the things we're doing right now to continue to stay con connected and bonded together and so forth. Um, why don't we start? I wanted to, Randall, this is the first time you and I uh, have met each other and it's cool to kind of put a face to the name. Um, are you the older or younger brother of Mike? I am the oldest. You're the oldest. How many of you guys are there? There are five of us all together and we kept getting less and less good. Um, <laughs> you know, they never matched me. So they just kind of had to stop at five. And Mike, are you the youngest by default? Are you or? I'm the middle. You're the middle. Nice. He's all right. Now, is this something like when you guys were younger, did you guys play a lot of games together or like, I mean, with five kids, you'd have quite the spread, I imagine, between the oldest and the youngest, right? You answer that, Randall. Yeah, we, we were we were born about I, I, between me and the youngest. There's 10 years, nine years. Wow. OK. And so we, we were close enough in age to be able to, to do things together. Mike kind of was the bridge between 
you know, the oldest and best to the youngest. And, um, I feel like, you know, as the oldest, I, you know, things, things were always competitive. I, I remember playing games and I would never, ever, ever want to lose. And so if I lost, I don't know if I was always a great loser or a great winner, but yeah, I, I feel like we played games pretty frequently in our youth. Was it very competitive between you guys? So you obviously been the oldest would, would you know, hate to lose. Mike, were you kind of in the similar boat? Like, how did you react with your brothers when, you know, the give and take of, of regular gameplay? So I think a lot of the competitiveness comes with who's bigger. And when you're, if mm. you're playing a game with two older brothers and they can pound you <laughs> physically, then you're like, okay, I'll let you have this one or, or whatnot. Or eventually you get to a point where you can outrun them. Yeah. At least I did. So, <laughs> um, but we grew up in a competitive household. If we weren't playing board games, uh, we were typically doing sports yeah. um, year round, whether it be wrestling, basketball, soccer, football. Um, it was always something. And so we were always wanting to win. And I think that just translated into, um, yeah, board games and, and life in general. And so would you say that like Randall, um, you know, being the older brother, was there an influence you had over the, over your younger siblings in terms of board games? Like who kind of introduced board games to the family? Was it always something there like through your parents or was there a key moment where you guys really got into heavier board game playing? Yeah. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of what introduced us to board games. I, I think it's one of those things where you see a board game and you think it looks awesome. Like right, I, I have four-year-old boys and we bought a board game and all they want to do is play it. And by play it, that means they want to just take out the pieces and throw it everywhere. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I remember we had board games in the house and everywhere we went, if we could find a board game, we'd want to play it. Like I remember playing life at grandma's yeah. frequently. Every time I went, I wanted to play life. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like uh, my influence on them, you know, I, I feel like our parents actually influenced us the most. Um, you know, Mike mentioned that, you know, we, we were competitive and we also played a lot of sports. I, I remember that one time where we took on some kids at the, at the school and they were all older than us, but our competitive nature, I think made us better at things like sports. Yeah. And so we took those kids to freaking school. <laughs> in that football game we played against them. And at first it, they blamed it on the, the fact that it was flag football. And then we said, okay, we'll play tack with you guys. And we schooled them in that too. So I, I think that we made each other better and um, you know, board games, you can only become so good. And, but uh, yeah, I feel like there was a lot of element to that. Well, was there a lot of homebrewing? Like when it came to games, did you guys hack games when you were younger? Did you kind of do your own rules, house rules, things like this? I feel like we had house rules a lot and mostly that was just misunderstandings of the rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes um, like in life, I think we weren't allowed to, uh, we weren't allowed to take the, the route where you can't, where you don't go to school. We always had to take the, the, the school education route because I think my, 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 our grandmother like said, you're going to go to school. So you get have your to education. Yeah. You have to <laughs> so it had to be a, a life lesson type of game. So, yeah. Get the sharpie out and you just kind of cross out that part of the board. Say, no, when you kids are playing, you're not going down this path. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Adam and I, we're, uh, we're, we're 12 years apart, actually. So, um, you know, we have a, a big family as well. There's five siblings. Uh, Adam's the youngest. Uh, I'm in, uh, I think, the second youngest, I guess, of that, of that pack. But 
there, there is, there's a gap between us. And I know for me, uh, you know, when, when Adam was probably in the younger years of, of board gaming, it was my way of being able to go and, and, and hang out with him and, and visit with the younger brother. Right. And find kind of commonality. And, um, that is something I think has been, you know, kind of the spark that I think of in, in any game design that we do, um, is, you know, how do you create something that's going to be an experience? And yes, I know some games can go really deep and, you know, and, you know, the word agency comes up a lot and that's kind of, uh, a word that we don't like to use around your agency, right? My number of times I've heard that, but really it's the experience, right? Like, are people having fun doing this? Can the people have a conversation while they're playing, right? Can they socialize? You know, does it, or is it too serious that, you know, the, because I've seen games like that where no one is socialized. They're, they're playing a board game, which is supposed to be the most social thing out there. And you want, you observe the people and, and no one's socializing because they're so focused on, the game they're too deep into the game itself where they're, they're not pulling it back. And, and that's fine. Some people like games like that for us, that's not the kind of games with our company that we wanted to create. Uh, Adam, would you agree with that? Or what's your thought growing up? I mean, you had the, the younger kind of perspective, right? I agree. Like the game, for example, tanks, it's a great point. The one you just were talking about was tanks that you created when I was really, really young, something that we played a lot when you would yeah. visit from university and that's one of our first games that you ended up creating and publishing um, and kind of brought you into the publishing game and all of that stuff. So yeah, like Tanks was pretty simple to play, but I felt like being the younger brother, I wanted to always beat you at everything that we ever did. Um, and I feel like you kind of wanted to beat me a little bit considering I kind of stole your thunder, I guess, because you're the second youngest. So you're no longer the baby of the family anymore. That's true. So Tanks was like kind of like a take that kind of game. Um, so I know we we would sometimes we'd start on the same side and one of us would end up uh, screwing the other one over while we were playing the game and trying to take the other one out. And it became about not winning the game, but just beating you or you beating me. You know, that's a, a good point. And I think it's probably still like that, quite frankly, uh, when I you and I so. play. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the one I can think of is we were at a, um, and, and I mean, kudos to you, Adam, because you're the one that I wouldn't be in this industry the way I am today if it wasn't for you. I mean, that is full stop. I mean, I sure I created games 25 years ago, but they were mothballed, right? I moved on. And it was that time that I was at your house for game night and playing board games. And you start talking about Kickstarter, right? And gosh, you should, you got all the skills. Why don't you do a Kickstarter? Why don't you do get the tanks game? Let's put that on Kickstarter. And that's what really kind of fueled this whole thing. But a quick little story is we were at a, a game conference and we're playing tanks, but no thanks. And as a demo for people to come up and play. And, you know, beforehand we discussed, you know, we're going to go easy just so people can kind of enjoy the experience and, you know, hopefully enjoy the game and, and, and maybe buy a copy. That lasted for like one game, right? And then every game after that is literally him coming gunning for me, me saying, I'm not going to take it, me gunning for him and really two observers watching two other guys just battling it out in this uh, take I, that game. And I don't know if they were observing. I was trying to use a lot of them as puppets to take you out, calling you the creator of the game. Like this is the creator of the game. Yeah. How good would it be to beat the creator of tanks? <laughs> yeah. It, there's a name we give Adam. Sometimes we play it as Geppetto. We call him Geppetto because he's the puppet master, right? When he's playing games. <laughs> How about you guys, right? Oh, Mike, like you're the dynamic when you guys play and you're competitive. Have you found that your play style has evolved uh, like now versus what it was even when you're younger, or is there still some things that have kind of, 
you know, bleeding through? I'd say for me, I've gotten, especially going through the Queen Bee process and demoing it at conventions and stuff, I feel like I've gotten less competitive or less about the win. Um, kind of a sentiment that you voiced or expressed earlier is this, this um, board game is just, you know, a, a catalyst for conversation or a shared yeah. memory. Um, and so winning isn't necessarily the only goal. It's obviously one of the goals, but it's not the one and only <laughs> for me now. Yeah, I, I find that, um, and maybe it's because he's always introducing me to new games, but I find that Mike is frequently like the referee of the entire game, even when he's playing it. He just wants to make sure everybody's having fun. Um, I feel like I'm a really polite player. I want to win, but I don't want to like beat you. I just want to accomplish victory in spite of you kind of kind of mentality I, I i don't know why i'm so polite in games i don't yeah i'd say it's been humbling I, and that's the one thing that um i think developing and producing games especially when you're publishing your own games it, it's really helped me evolve and mature i think as a gamer right um you know i i used to go through for the jugular when i play games like that was the only way i knew how to play right i'm gonna who's the strongest person that in this you know in this particular session all right, I'm going to take them out, right? And then I'm going to pick off the next person, next person. It was all about the win. And, you know, what you realize is that you build friends not by dominating them in, in board games, but by having conversations during games, right? Mm -hmm. And meetup groups was a, was a big one for me on that. And I love going to meetup groups because I'm just there to socialize. I'm playing, if I win or lose, I could care less. You know what? I, I walk away with a smile on my face because I maybe made some new friends. Um, there's a saying that Adam and I use often when we're playing board games where it starts getting too serious. Adam, you, you remember what that is? Hey guys. I'm always not, serious. We're, we're not curing <laughs> cancer here, right? We're not curing cancer here. And it, it's true. Anytime you're playing a game and somebody starts getting really serious, like really, are you sure you want to do that rule? And oh my God, you know, that's not, guys, we're not curing cancer, man. <laughs> we're just playing a board game. It is an amazing way to disarm somebody when they start taking things a little too seriously. Um, you know, as we've evolved in, in kind of this game development, at what point, uh, Randall, did you and Mike kind of start working together on game development? Is this something relatively new or have you worked on prior stuff in the past? Like I know about the current project, but. You know, um, I had a couple ideas for board games that may or may not ever become a thing. They might not. Make Your mic just cut in. So let Mike continue that thought. Yeah, I know. I know he's he's worked on other games. There's one in yeah. particular that he's showed me a little bit of called Manor. Are you back on, Rand? Am I? You're back. Yep. There you go. I'll let you. Oh, okay. Um, finish your story. Yeah. So um, a couple that I may or may not, you know, end up end up fulfilling. Um, but he, he actually is the one who kind of came and said, you know, I've got this idea, and I, I've already got some people who in mind to be involved. Um, you know, but he, he brought me in because uh, my, my gaming experience is board games, but also role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons mm. and stuff. Okay. <clears throat> so he, he wanted somebody in there who could help kind of storify, you know, make the game more of a story and like kind of give it a little bit of a role-playing feel. And he, he felt that I might be able to, uh, to help write it. And I, I, I write a lot. I kind of passed college because of my ability to write. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, um, 
so so that's kind of why he brought me in and he brought he brought um others in as well this is mostly his his uh idea he's the one that started it and you guys are in different states right so mike you're in utah i believe and randall where are you located I actually just moved to Utah. I'm, I'm in my sister-in-law's living room right now and All the right. sun is going down. So it's becoming increasingly dark. <laughs> <laughs> and have, how have you guys managed? Because again, when you're in different, I mean, you're in, just moved to the similar state now, but up until this point, I mean, you're having to do it remotely. Obviously with COVID has been an impact on that. How have you guys maintained or how have you navigated uh, the development of, of this game as, as you've gone along? Yeah, so I've, I'm kind of the lead developer on it um, and kind of the game designer as far as the mechanics go. And then when I come up with an idea or a theme for an idea, I pass it on to uh, Randall for the storytelling aspect of it and then also run it by our artist who's been on the podcast, Sarah Keel, um, and say, hey, is this, is this exciting to both of you to do this scenario? If not, what's another scenario that we can all be excited about? Um, and so I play the game just about every week uh, with oh, wow. Larissa or with some other play testers and Randall, he's played it a lot less than that. Um, whenever I, we get together, we play it. Um, but he, he can, he knows the game well enough that he can do the story aspect of it. And, and yep. Wait, this is a game. <laughs> Wait a second. I thought I was writing a story. So is Randall, is it, is it like a free flow or like, is, have you put it, is there like guardrails you got Mike to say kind of, it's gotta be contained in here or is it kind of like, here's the idea, have at it, man. Like what, what's been the approach? I, I try to limit myself. Um, I, 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 I'm trying to find a balance between having it very descriptive and immersive um, without being overly wordy because you don't want to read a novel every three seconds of the game. Yeah. So, but yet you want something that kind of evokes the imagination of, you know, like, okay, well, you know, right now you're in a jungle. It smells like this. It looks like this. It sounds like this. You want to be able to experience that in your mind and you want everybody to be able to kind of like in a role-playing game. Um, so I, I try to find a balance between, you know, between those two, those two fat, those two ends of the spectrum pulling me. Um, so I, I think it usually ends up each, in, each encounter is usually about, uh, you know, a healthy paragraph, I would say sometimes then, a little too healthy. And then when you <laughs> write it, is it kind of then go back over to the team or how does it all get integrated? Like, are you guys using any kind of like shared drives and things like this, or is, is it everything just emailed? Like how are you guys managing it? Yeah. So we're using Google drive for mm. just about everything. We'll, we have a massive Google doc that I think is over a hundred pages now and wow. encounters. Um, and so he'll, he'll type things out when it gets to the mark that I want, I print it out, use it in play testing, make adjustments to kind of the benefits or the rewards from that en encounter and then keep plugging away. And, uh, Adam with, with your style, and I know, I know your style, but I want to hear you talk about it, or I don't know if I've even asked you about when you're thinking of game design, right? Like, so we've done several games and I know we've had a ton of debates in terms, quite frankly, in just a direction, right? The, the tin robot yeah. game should go with certain games for you. What do you look for in game? Like what's, what's the core thing that, that you try to achieve when, when you're looking at game design? Uh, when I'm looking at designing or helping, like helping designing coming up yeah. with ideas is basically I'm looking at from two different sides on one being an adult 
on what I like to play as an adult, but going back to when I was a kid on what I really thought was cool or neat and what I can blend the two sides of it. So we create a game where adults and kids can play together and like it, and it could become a family oriented game, or you could have two adults going at it and, or a bunch of adults getting together having a game night and really enjoying the game as well or just having kids play it. So everybody, it involves everybody. And I think that for me is a key to developing games that captures a larger audience, so to speak, for across all the different ages, not just one gap. One thing I think you're really good at that I've noticed in in our collaborations is your ability to kind of connect the dots. Right. So there's been a number of times we've been working on a game concept where it's kind of mapped out and it's like, there's just something, there's just something here that's not, not right. It's not clicking. And that seems to be one of your, I'd say one of your strengths is you're able to jump in and say, you know what? It's usually used the words, you know, it'd be cool. You know, it'd be cool. <laughs> what if we did this, this, and this, and we look at it from this perspective, you know, it might have this effect. And I think there's more times that I can count where we've, we've had a game that's ready to go. And then you've come up with an idea that significantly enhances what we're working on and, you know, allows us to pause and kind of go back and restructure things a little bit for a better game. And I think that's, you know, some of the accolades we've had in a lot of this, you know, recent titles we worked on uh, has been some of those tweaks and nuances that we've kind of worked through uh, together and that kind of back and forth. And I think that's, what's kind of cool you know, in this brother themed episode is the ability to have a sounding board of someone to balance something off of someone that obviously you trust, right. Um, that, you know, is there to, you know, the exact same goals that you have, and that's just to a have fun doing what you're doing. And then secondly, come up with a kind of a good end product. Um, is that, is that something you guys find as well? Like, is there a lot of kind of sounding board efforts between the two of you? Let Mike answer because Randall's mic is gone. <laughs> Randall knows he's just going to get absolutely ribbed now by Mike for the next uh, week, yeah. right? So let him yeah. get his mic fixed. Uh, Mike, I'll let you answer. <laughs> so the the my first project that I developed, it was basically all me. And that was one of the things that as I developed the second project, I really wanted somebody else as a sounding board as well as just a different skill set because I was able to do like graphic design okay but I wasn't a graphic designer I was able to do write the rule book but I'm not a great writer and so having other team members that you know Randall's a great storyteller and he's a great writer so why not use that when it was something that I wasn't good at and not necessarily looking forward to can you hear me I can hear you, Randall. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. And, you know, we, we do have complementing skills. You know, neither of us can draw. I can draw and yeah. none of them have seen it, but <laughs> I, I think I'm pretty good. Um, but I think the thing about us is we, we, we don't really offend each other. We, we, we can come after each other's ideas and pick them apart without yeah. any hurt feelings or really getting attached to an idea too much. So I think it's been good. And yeah, in... In your guys' relationship, um, in, in our project, it looks like we, we kind of have lanes that we're in. Randall's the storyteller. I'm kind of the mechanics yeah. guy. And you and Adam seem more like your 
both doing the design, both doing the mechanics. Is there ever, does that cause any problems for you guys as you um, co-design? I don't know if it causes problems. I think a lot of our thought process and our, we have a lot of similar interests. Yeah. I, I find say. more so than our other siblings. Yeah. Or a lot of our ideas and stuff kind of align a lot of the time. So we're able to, I find, bounce the idea off of each other and kind of feed off of that. So it kind of just kind of keeps snowballing when it comes to the game design or the rules, like Jay was saying, he may have an idea and then he's like, I just can't put the two together. And I'll be like, well, you know, it'd be cool. And I say that cool word because it's like, okay, I'm trying to plant a seed in his head to say, Hey, that's your idea, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> look at it. Hey, we, that'd be cool if we did this. I don't know. Do you think that's cool? And it just allows us to kind of keep talking about it and then bounce the ideas back and forth until we kind of realize and come to a conclusion where we're like, I think we got something here. Like, let's try it out now. Let's just go for it and see how it plays out. And then sometimes we've played it out and we were like, that was just horrible. That was just an hour and a half, two hours wasted. Let's yeah. scrap it and let's go back to the original idea and try to connect some other dots and see where we went wrong with that original idea. But I think you, it's just because we're very similar in a lot of ways as well. Yeah, sure. And have you guys ever had a decision point where you're like, I really like this and you really like this. <laughs> what are we going to put in the game? Of or course, and then we just put on boxing gloves and settle it, and the winner gets the the rule. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't think we we haven't actually. Um, I think Adam nails it. I think of all the siblings, uh, we we have probably had the least, uh, at least between myself, like my interaction with my other siblings versus my interaction with Adam. I'd say there's probably the least butting of heads i've had of with adam like i can't think of any time we've even had like a, a blowout quite frankly ever yeah. right and and i think it does i think you're right like we're both very much into sci-fi we both like archaeology um you know we, we both like you know uh space and science and you know so we have a lot of similar interests that way and and we geek out of out of a lot of, over a lot of stuff like uh you know movies i mean seeing tons of movies together and so forth so there's very much a respectful back and forth where even if you don't like an idea, I could say, ah, I don't really like that. Right. I don't think that I, I, I think that'd be kind of crappier. This, I, I don't think I'd feel good about this. And there's no sense of, um, uh, you know, anger. Like the, the, it's, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, there's just an idea. And then likewise, I'll throw stuff. And you'd be like, nah, I don't yeah. think I like that. And it's very, very back and forth um, collaborative, quite frankly, in almost as true as form where, knock on wood. I mean, we've never got to a point where we're like, well, someone's got to make a call because I want to go this way and you want to go that way. You know, it, it seems kind of, to work yeah. gel quite well in terms of lanes. Mm -hmm. I would say um, when it comes to um, like the artwork, um, the um, uh, like game, um, like overall, like the design of the elements, that's my lane, right? Cause that's my yep. area of expertise and I do a lot of that, my day job. So often what we'll do is when we have uh, concepts that we'll do on paper. So go ahead, Ed, are you going to say something? I was just going to say, I, 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 as Jake calls me a lot of the time, is I'm an ideas guy where I'll come up with a lot of really uh, the ideas or 
hey, we should take the artwork in a certain direction, maybe like, let's make it a little lighter, a little funner. And then he comes up yeah. with these crazy ideas, as you can see behind him with the nutty squirrels and the hamsters versus hippos. And then he'll show me the artwork and be like, all right, what do you think about that? And I'm like, ah, that's a cool idea. Why don't we, or how about we tweak it by adding this or, yeah. and then he'll come back to it later on with something else. And it kind of works really well. I find that way. We're very visual guys, right? So I yeah. think that like pen and paper, I mean, if you look at Dirty Dragsters, we did like pen and paper. Um, uh, Nutty Squirrels was literally taking cards from the dollar store and cut them in half into making into mini cards and literally the marker at the kitchen table just writing on them, right? Just trying to get the ideas down as much as we could. Um, you know, that works really, really well uh, between the two of us. But then, yeah, I'll take that because I need to then see it in a cleaner form before I can fully kind of get my head around. Okay. Is, is this a game or not? Right. So I'll usually go away and do that really quick. Sometimes I'll surprise that where like his, his wife will say, does your brother ever sleep? Like <laughs> my wife says stuff? that quite often. I'll be getting a message at like 12 o'clock midnight and my phone just starts going off crazy. And what do you think looking, of this? What do you think of that? What do you yeah. think about this? And I've got a full game with all the artwork attached to it. And even like, my wife will look at me and go, but does your brother not sleep? Does, where, where does he have time to do all of this? And I, I think it's inspired thought, right? And I'm sure you guys feel the same way as when you, when you look, hone in on something and, and the creative juices are flowing, you can't, you got to get it out. You can't just say, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll park that and come back to it in a couple of days. I mean, I got to get it out. If I don't get it out, I'm afraid I'm going to lose it. Right. So, uh, and, but it's fun and, and you know, time passes very, very quickly and you don't even realize it. I'm sure you realize this, Randall, when you're doing the writing, Mike, when you're, you know, you're, you're sketching at the table, maybe with the kids and, and going through some concepts, I, I'm sure you feel the same way, right? Like when, when the inspiration hits, you got to kind of move, right? Yeah. I feel like when inspiration hits, it, it's almost like things start writing themselves and you got to be there to catch it all and keep up with it. And when those, you know, so, so you've got to be able to sit down and do that. Even if you stay up till four in the morning, you know, yeah. doing it and you feel miserable the next day. I, I feel you on that. Yeah. Would you agree, Mike? Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Um, it, it's, it's cool when those moments happen and especially when like Randall, we haven't lived in the same city for several decades now. And, yeah. and to have this project that we can work on gives us another opportunity to have memories to do something together even though we're miles apart and and that's kind of the whole theme of this episode is how do we bring families together and the the hope is for us to to create a game that people can have those shared memories um at the table and in the process we're having fun memories along the way even if we waste an hour and a half or two hours on a mechanic that doesn't work or oh, a yeah. story that doesn't completely flow. So oh, I've got days. a garbage bin of yeah. artwork that uh, never went anywhere, but it was, uh, <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time <laughs> until you play it and you're like, yeah, it sucks. That was a waste of time, but uh, at least I got it out. <laughs> <laughs> but so at least I got to hang out with my brother, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly it. I mean, Adam and I are thankfully are in the, you know, neighboring cities. Like we're, you know, from my office, he's, you know, he's 15 minutes from my office. So, um, you know, we, we make it a point of trying to, you know, connect at least every couple of weeks, right. In person to go through things, which is, which helps as well. Um, so with your game, this, this gadgets game, like how, how are your timelines looking? Like, when is this going to be ready? Is this something that's like a 2023 project? Is it this year? Like, where are you guys at with that? 
I'll let Randall answer that. He knows better than I do. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're, there's not really a rush. Uh, we'll, we'll probably take it around to conventions this summer um, as the artwork. It's going to be a very art heavy game. We've oh, got yeah. lo lots of maps, lots of cards. Um, and with the multiple maps comes different things that we have to play test. We're not play testing the same board each time we're playing each different map. And so it, it'll take some, some time to balance. And so maybe 2023, like spring of 2023, maybe fall 2023. We're not, we're not quite sure, but. So it's one of those that's fun. ready when it's ready kind of things. Yep. Yep. And what about, your project. Our project. So we've got um, right now, uh, we've got two titles that are pretty much done. One is Dirty Dragsters. That was mentioned in our last Kickstarter with the Minting game. That's literally a game that Ab and I came up with while we're working on another game <laughs> as a side thought. <laughs> this happens all the time. We're working on a game and we're like, you know, it'd be kind of cool. And then bang, we're working on another game. We're like, we got to go back and work on the game we were just working on. Um, so that one is uh, starting to arrive. It's actually straight to retail. So production's done. It's in the States. Now it's arriving here in Canada in the next uh, week and a half. Late because of the global uh, shipping issues, unfortunately. Uh, Planting Evidence, the card game, um, is available on GameCraft right now. That game we're looking to come out with uh, in this uh, upcoming uh, quarter, hopefully March, like to run a campaign on that, uh, along with the uh, second edition of Tanks But No Thanks. Um, the one that we've really got our teeth sunk into the most right now, we're codenaming cities. And it's, it's kind of like a worker placement, um, engine building game uh, kind of combination. And that one is kind of like you guys, is one we're picking away at. We're very excited about it. Mechanically, I think we got it 90%, 95% the way there. Uh, we're still flushing it a bit, but we see it as kind of the first time we're going to work on something that we hope will be a franchise, right? So the, the world that we're creating will can be franchised off and, and have spin off of different, even different game mechanics and different types of games that all fall within that same universe. So if somebody wants to kind of play in that universe one night, they can play three or four different types of games. They're all kind of in that same theme. So uh, it's an idea we've been working on for, uh, for, for some time now. And, um, but I don't want to rush it, right? It's one of those things that, we feel it's it's good enough that we want to come out when, when we're ready. So best case scenario, maybe the fall of uh, 2022, uh, it may be ready to uh, to launch on on Kickstarter. Um, but again, it could it could even go into 2023. Again, I don't want I got to make sure it, it's right. And uh, but it's feeling pretty damn good at this point, eh, Adam. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it's uh, and like you were saying to Mike and Randall, it's not, I think when you're designing a game, it's not something you want to rush. You want to make sure it's all hammered in, like everything's nice and smooth. That way, when people are playing it, like you, we've been saying, you want them to enjoy it when they play it. Even if they're play testing, you want to see the enjoyment of yeah. those other people where they're playing it. And they're like, okay, this wasn't a waste of time type of feel. So, no rush and it'll get done when it gets done and uh we'll keep yeah. it going cool so now will there will there be any rodents in this city's game you, you have <laughs> hamsters and you have nutty squirrels you, you know what, no, it's there, right? uh yeah the genre <laughs> we're moving away from the caricature based uh genre on this one this one will be a little more of a medium weight game um <clears throat> cool but it's uh it's it, it's cool it, it's been a fun journey and you know 
I think of uh, publishing games, developing games, designing. It's been awesome being part of this industry. And I think the podcast itself has been awesome. And, you know, I think this 150 episodes is just really gone by in the blink of an eye. Like to think, you know, in that, I know we've had some repeat guests and stuff, but there's over a hundred people that we've, we've talked to and interviewed and we haven't even put a dent in the number of people that are actually in this industry. Right. So there's so many more guests that are yet to come. Um, I know starting next week uh, we've got uh, uh, some more interesting guests coming up. So stay tuned for that. Um, and, uh, Mike, man, it's been awesome. I hope, uh, I can't wait to see who the next person is you line up. You keep surprising me with some of these guests. So keep them coming, buddy. I know renting tax season, but, uh, if you can uh, squeeze in some time for some, uh, some, uh, guests in this, uh, this quarter, uh, I'm looking forward to see what you come up with. I want to wish you guys all the best in 2022, all the best with gadgets and, uh, I'll be following along your social channels and I'll keep watching. Likewise guys. You guys take care. Cheers. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.